0: Right, we're loaded the rest of the way here. By the way, uh, for those Nate Borgazzi fans out there, be sure you're listening here this hour. Well, you should be before our next guest and then our guest after that, but also giving you a chance to win tickets to Nate Borgazzi's show. And we'll tell you how you can do that a little bit later before we get through the 8 o'clock hour. Marty Cordero, the president of... Union Omaha and the Omaha Storm Chasers—a huge announcement yesterday. We are going to be talking with Marty in about a half hour. Always a good day when we can talk to our next guest, though, and that is two-time Super Bowl champion of the New York Giants, Hall of Famer with Northwest Missouri State in the Pride of Oaktown, Mister Dave Tollison.
1: Hey, Dave. What's up? Morning, fellas. How we doing? Doing good, man. Just got the kids to school in the in right at the tail end of wrestling season for high school, just living the dream, man. wait for these geese to come back so I can yeah. see some
0: geese. Yeah, in I know. cold weather. I know. You're itching for that. Hey, uh, by the way, how's how's Junior doing in wrestling right now?
1: He's doing okay. He, he made varsity as a freshman. Um, nice. Obviously, I never wrestled because I was too soft. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: like it. there is nowhere to hide on a wrestling mat. Like I always tell people I played a lot of bad football in one games. That's not how wrestling
0: works. Yeah. Well, and you you dealt with a lot of like stud offensive linemen that you had to go against, and we've always talked about the association between being a good wrestler and a good member of the line of scrimmage. Because you've seen defensive linemen also be very active and very successful um, that have also wrestled. Like when you kind of look at the correlation, like is there a lot that you can take away from from what you see in wrestling? that you can apply to being a good offensive lineman or a good defensive lineman? A, a huge amount,
1: Nick. Uh, you know, and, and my, my son's a good example. You know, he played freshman football this last year and started at center for Elkhorn all season. It was a 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's huge. Wrestling will make you better at every single sport. I don't know if there's another sport that makes you better at wrestling, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a huge correlation.
0: That's, I'm glad to hear he's doing great. and uh, So I, I do want to know, when you have watched some of the, the games this year for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we've seen an offense that has been somewhat sputtering at times. It's not the typical Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey offense that we're used to seeing on a consistent basis, but it's been the defense that has really put Kansas City in the position that they are in. When you, when you think of playing under a Spags defense – what were the the things, maybe the concepts, the principles that that you you continue to see with this Kansas City team?
1: So it, it was interesting, Nick. When I was in New York with Spags, the first year, really, uh, we that NASCAR thing started that first year that I showed up yep. in '07. But that wasn't a big thing for Spags. You know, Spags is is big on his what he runs. Um, man, I can't remember the old defensive coordinator for the the Eagles, and that's where Spags kind of cut his teeth. But but it was all zone drop, you know, defensive ends dropping, mm-hmm. uh, zone blitzing, just a ton of different stuff. So it's been interesting to see uh, with how he what he took from from that team and, and the emphasis on the D line play that yeah. you see right now. Chris Jones, obviously, a uh, huge, huge, amazing player for the Chiefs. Um, It's going to be interesting how he attacks Lamar, though. I know when I was with Spags, I think he was still transitioning from some of that spy stuff that that you hear. You hear that word Mm -hmm. quite often. And we kind of got away from that because we really didn't want to waste a a linebacker in coverage. I mean, listen, Lamar is going to be MVP, and it's not because he can run the ball. Uh, It's because he can sit in the pocket and throw it. So you saw a little bit of it last week. Uh, with chris jones and what i call playing the piano at that nose guard kind of sitting on the line of scrimmage and really just mirroring that nose guard position just mirroring the quarterback Mm -hmm. you're not going to catch lamar chris jones isn't going to catch him they don't have a D lineman that's going to run him down but you can at least be in position to pressure him to maybe throw the ball instead of run it on these big third downs it's going to be third down yeah it's going to be third third and five third and six is Lamar going to be able to scramble to get these first downs? And, and he showed that he has been able to, so it's going to be an interesting chess chess match.
0: And, and that's interesting because when I think of you know what you brought up with Steve Segnula, but also the the challenge that Kansas City will have in this game, I, I think about what Lamar Jackson has been really good at. But when you think of the down and distance and how that's going to be really important to the the other part of Lamar Jackson's game, especially in the playoffs, is being able to make that big throw on third down, because I think there's always going to be that urge to, and we see this with more inexperienced quarterbacks, might, maybe not necessarily uh, Lamar, but having that propensity to not hold the ball and just give the one look and then take off. And if you are a defense that is very much aware of it, like you you would always tell me this when, especially going up against the you know Tom Brady and the Aaron Rodgers of the world of getting at their feet guys that are not necessarily like an immediate threat to scramble, but getting at their feet to make them uncomfortable when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson that is so elusive, and he is, you put him in, a, in a, a down a distance that he needs to throw the football. How does that change things on what you want to do to try to make him uncomfortable and flush him out?
1: Well, you you have to do that. Like you have to get third and six, third and seven plus. Because even last week in the game, when it was third and two, third and three, you're toast with him because John Harbaugh doesn't mind pounding the rock. They got that huge fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so when you're in that short third down and and you give Lamar the ability, I think last week he converted a third and two, third and three on like a naked boot. You're done. I mean, there's really nothing you can do because you have to stop the inside run. Yeah. And then you, you really don't have anybody on the edge that can keep up with him. So yeah, it's about stopping the run early, get them in second and long, uh, give yourself a chance there. Maybe hopefully stop a screen or something. And then you're third and eight, third and seven. And, and you're patient. You're much more patient now. Here's where a lot of people make a mistake against these guys is they don't rush. So you're going to have one or two guys on that defensive front that are really free to kind of do whatever they want. And then you're going to want that middle of the field guy to, like I said, mirror it and and, and hopefully at least force them to throw the ball. Now, the thing with – here's what's tough about th- this game you, you can't bet against Mahomes. He's the only one right. that's done it. That's what, yeah. right? Um, and 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 it's really going to depend on how well the defense plays. And I think that's why you're asking these questions because that that's what's going to matter is can they make Lamar look like he's looked in the past in the playoffs, relatively pedestrian, mm-hmm. or are they going to give him opportunities to take the game over?
0: Uh, you know, and and I know you have a lot more familiarity with what Spagnola wants to do. But you know defense, and you bring up 15. Patrick Mahomes, just when you think you might be in his head a little bit or you might have them in a vulnerable position, he just does Patrick Mahomes types of things. And the one, I think, part of this matchup is a lot of it's being made about Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. And when we talk about the defense, I think usually the first defense that's brought up is Kansas City because, it's again, it's been kind of more their identity this year than years past But that Ravens defense, that 3-4 defense is pretty impressive. And a guy that I remember playing for Chicago who's had a great year in Roquan Smith, and their linebacking core is good too. Kind of the same question on defending Lamar Jackson, though, but Patrick Mahomes' ability to improvise, especially when he doesn't have the same type of receivers he's accustomed to having, but he still has 87. If you're defending that offense and what you've seen from Patrick Mahomes, what is best practice from your opinion?
1: man it's tough honestly nick this is probably one of the scarier kansas city teams because the defense is playing so well and and obviously like i said earlier you're not going to bet against mahomes it's it's if he gets the ball late in the game down three points down four points Mm -hmm. like what are the odds of him scoring 90 (laughs) percent i mean it's got to be high um you know, him, his mobility is obviously a huge part of what he does. you got to stop Kelsey. You, you, you have to take away that middle-of-the-field option for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's got to be number one on the list for those guys in Baltimore because it just seems like every time they need something, whether it's a touchdown in the red zone or a first down on, on third and medium, third and eight even, that they, he goes to Kelsey, which he should. The toughest thing about it, though, and you've heard these two guys talk about it, is is they make things up. Yeah, like Travis Kelsey yeah. will be like, "I wasn't supposed to run." So, so you try to build this defense around stopping a, a, a eighty seven, but you literally have no idea what route he's running or what concept because he they'll make things up. So they got to get to Mahomes. Obviously, that that's throughout all these games, both games. They're going to have to get to these quarterbacks and try to make them do things they shouldn't do. Um, but, again, my money is probably on Mahomes in this whole thing. Again, that team is really scary right now.
0: I'm talking to Dave Thompson, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Giants. uh was in some epic battles, especially with those great New England Patriot teams, too, and winning those titles. I, I want, before I ask you about the NFC side of things, too, uh, how about your man uh, Eli on the Manning cast? Uh, you, you always told me... As much as I said there was a lot of like uh emotionless expressions on the sideline like you always told me some great tales of Eli and just his personality. Are are you are you kind of like a proud papa now that everybody else gets to see what you guys saw for a while?
1: No question. No question cuz I this has been a boon to Eli really and his persona. Cuz that was I don't think people ever hated Eli but it's like, man, he just doesn't seem like a guy that I want to hang out with. Yeah. And you, I've talked to you about it, Nick. I mean, I love the guy. I I would have beers whenever I could, and now people are getting to see that. And that's the way he was. He he just was, you know. I always think about him being kind of the prodigal son, uh, and seeing Peyton do his thing. And he really just shut the world off from himself yeah. and his personal life to succeed. But now everybody's seeing it, man. It's fantastic. And, and again. You get to see a match wits with Peyton because Peyton's always been thought of of the smarter guy, which you would think he is with that huge forehead. So <laughs> big brain. But it's it's great to see, man. I just can't wait till he gets put in the Hall of Fame. Um, because it, it, the guys that he played with, the amount of guys that you're going to see there for that ceremony are really going to be an attest to the type of person that he is.
0: uh so you're a. You're an Oaktown guy. You're very familiar with the Raiders, very familiar with yep. the Niners. You, you remember all of the teams out there in, in California too. Your thoughts on this San Francisco 49er team, and, and out of the four teams remaining, do you look at them as the strongest team on paper that should be host, hoisting a Lombardi trophy?
1: That's a that's kind of a trick question. Yes, I think you see their roster lined up with every other roster. I would agree with you. Um I think last week there was a lot of question marks that mm-hmm. were kind of pried open on that team. Um, something I heard on the broadcast, which was really interesting, I think they led the league in, in rush defense, but they also led the league in the least rush attempts against that defense. Yeah, I think this Detroit matchup is a really poor matchup for them, honestly. Um, Dan Campbell's going to take advantage of that. Um, Aaron Jones was the first 100-yard rusher they'd give up in a couple years. hmm what that team reminds me a little bit of, and it's not Brock Purdy per se, but it reminds me of some of those uh, Indianapolis teams with Peyton Manning and how those defenses were designed to have a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I If they can get out in front, that that front four is going to get after uh, um, Goff for sure. And Goff has longer throwing motion. There's going to be a ton of issues. But if Dan Campbell and the Lions can can run the ball, I don't. I don't. I would not be surprised if the Lions win this game. Uh,
0: Dave, this is sort of breaking news. It's not really breaking news, but uh, in our studio we do have uh, the TV on on uh, NBC in the morning show, and they're doing a remake of your sack celebration roadhouse. I've seen that. Your immediate thoughts. Uh, I, I did,
1: there was no permission granted. I don't know. Obviously, uh, uh, Patrick's, uh, gone. Um, but it looks good. I tell you what, you know, I didn't see a a roundhouse kick though in the promotion. No.
0: And that's your signature. So it
1: concerns me. It concerns me. Roundhouse. Yes. It concerns me. You can't make that movie without at least some. Solid roundhouse kick. Can you end.
0: so can you tell people? I know this is kind of inside with us. When I mean we've we've we, we've been friends and we've spoke for a while. But can you can you let people in on the the roadhouse the roundhouse kick for years, like how that even started? Because wasn't wasn't it just out of nowhere? You're like ah, screw screwed. I'm just gonna do yes, this.
1: It's ridiculous. It that was the, <laughs> when the Metrodome collapsed.
0: Oh okay so, yeah. So that so year
1: we get we get stranded in Kansas City
0: uh-huh.
1: at some airport hotel. So my wife's from Kansas City, so I order 200 tacos from this. And It's called In-the-Tub Taco. It's a little taco joint in Kansas City. Unbelievable. Deep-fried tacos. Probably the worst thing you need eat, but they taste really good. Yeah. They use powdered macaroni and cheese on them. Oh. Unbelievable. Oh, okay. So so we uh, they deliver them to us, and the D-line is sitting – in this hotel room and we're watching family guy and it's the roadhouse episode, episode. <laughs> the roadhouse. and Peter Griffin's running around kicking everybody and Barry Cofield's like, I bet you won't do that if you get a sack." which <laughs> I mean, of course. So we, we end up playing Detroit because the devil on, on a Monday night. No, we play Minnesota in Detroit yeah, yeah, on a Monday night and I get a sack and, and it, it just took off from there. It just made so much sense that, you know, I'm a. I got a little Patrick Swayze in me, you know, <laughs> yeah, a guy doing. that kind of came from the ashes, you know, like <laughs> old Carpenter. Why not? Why not? Why not throw a roundhouse kick, you know, in there? And so it just took off, and it and it, it it was just so fun, you know. You and I have talked for years, Nick, and I had so much fun playing football, and that that was just part of it.
0: Uh, you know, and that's the 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 thing that. I always appreciate about appreciate about your conversations is and this kind of again goes back to the the Steve Spagnuolo defense and just your time under the, the you know between whether we're talking about Antonio Pierce, or um, not Antonio Pierce but it, um why am I blanking on his name like um like O C and and
1: yeah Tuck and all those guys yeah, yeah straight
0: hand like hand all those guys and Tuck is that was who I was trying to think of. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys had that that camaraderie, that chemistry, and, and I don't. I'm I'm assuming that that's probably common in the NFL. But I mean, even watching the game, and I know you you pay close attention to a lot of those things that probably you know us, uh, us non football uh, experts or guys who didn't play at the professional level don't see. But is that? Do you think that's still the case? And is that if you look back at your guys' success, how big that was in being able to kind of buck the odds against you know teams like the Patriots or going into Lambeau and beating the Packers,
1: it's huge. It's huge. And and again, you bring that up, and and, and Dan Campbell being a former player, yeah, yeah, uh, D'Amico Ryan, and and you're really and then Antonio, a great friend of mine that just got the job in Oakland, and I think owners and GMs are starting to see a lot of value in, in, in that and and the galvanizing a team because. I was thinking about this prior to having this conversation with you this morning. I bet eight or nine out of ten guys, if you ask them, at any, any level, the best football team that they were on probably wasn't the team that won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that's an interesting question to ask some people because even you go to my junior year at Northwest, we end up losing the playoffs, and, and that was much better team than my senior year that went to the national championship. And then 2008, when Plexco had his accident, um, that was the best team that I played on in the NFL. And, and if you have a coach that can nurture that, yeah. you know, as, as, as big of a hard ass as Tom Coffin was, he kept his hands out of the cookie jar and he really let those relationships develop throughout the team. I mean, I would go to dinner with the O linemen, multiple D linemen would in New York, and I'd played on some different teams, obviously in Oakland and, and Green Bay as well. And there's a little bit of that in Green Bay, but, but in New York, there was nothing like that. I mean, we didn't do anything without each other and and that goes a long way, man. Football is a complicated, tough sport. And if you don't have everybody, you know, rowing the boat as our buddy in Minnesota, PJ, Minnesota
0: uh, you better, you better pay him but, some royalties there for saying that.
1: Yeah, man. I, I like stro the boat better. There oh, you, there you go. Than, Another yeah, natty. Than, than him up there. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, but it's huge, Nick, it's huge. It, it, it's, you know, we started this conversation with wrestling, which is almost the exact opposite, even though it's a team sport uh, at the collegiate and high school level. But in football, if you don't have those relationships, then you really care. Why would you, if you're getting paid a king's ransom to play a kid's game,
0: Yeah,
1: what's making you do your job? You're going to get paid anyways. You're going to yeah. get paid. Yeah. So, So what, and it's those relationships
0: uh i will end on this one too well first of all i want to know who do you have who are we uh, talking about here the next two weeks uh getting ready for the super bowl
1: it's got to be it's got to be Mahomes. i mean there's just there's just no i can't get i can't get around him being the only guy that's done it and not just done it but multiple times um i tell you what um this nfc game is gonna be interesting because i feel like he can go really bad for detroit or really well yeah um, and if it's a close game, I like Detroit. If San Francisco and Debo's healthy, if they get up ten, fourteen points early, uh, it doesn't look very good for Detroit. But I, but I like Detroit. I'm going to go with okay. old old knee cappers up there, <laughs> and uh, and I like Detroit.
0: I'm going to ask you this one. Um... I don't know if you had a chance to hear me earlier talk about I think the the Falcons going with Raheem Morris kind of surprised some people that it wasn't Bill Belichick. And so now you're looking at two openings with the Commanders and the Seahawks. Is Bill Belichick in the way that he wants to have the, you know, pretty much the power across the board at the age of 72? Does it make him more likely or less likely to be a head coach not only in this coaching cycle but even possibly next year? I think
1: it's less likely this year. Um, I don't, I mean, who's to say that Bill even wanted the Atlanta job? It's not like they're ready to win, in particular, you know. Mm. Um, but I, I think a year off for him would help. Now, he's a Bill Parcells guy, right? Yeah. If I'm going to cook dinner, I want to shop for the groceries. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't think these other two that are available are really is something that he'd want to take advantage of, but I I don't think a year off would help now. Hey, he hasn't won without Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Nick, it's the truth, but who's, I mean, it isn't like the whole Mike McCarthy thing. Get rid of him. Like, well, who are you going to get unless you get Belichick, but Belichick hasn't won without Brady. So winning a super bowl, Again, I was talking to my friends about this. Tom Brady messed up everything for everyone. Like, six-round picks, seven Super Bowls, ten appearances. Yeah, uh, Two of them losing to Eli, obviously. But ten appearances, now everybody's like, oh, we'll get a guy like Brock Purdy and we'll be fine. Like, I don't think Mac Jones was bad. Like, it's just so hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. It's the toughest sport Mm -hmm. to win a championship. And I don't even think it's that close because it's a one-and-done deal. So, I think he'll sit out a year. Um, and and he'll wait for the right opportunity.
0: Yeah, I, I'm interested. I just after this coaching cycle, just I give his age and if he wants that same type of power and who knows if he would want to coach for another ten years. That that's that's a tough ask. I just I don't know pride, if anymore...
1: pride pride is a hell of a drug. <laughs> if him not winning yeah. without Tom, it is a hell of a drug for him to do it without Brady. Would would I think? mean a lot to him he would never say that but yeah. pride's a hell of a drug
0: yeah dave my man always great to talk to you i know you'll be enjoying the games on sunday uh, all the best to you and the family as well and uh, we'll catch up soon my bun
1: all right hopefully to hear a tweet from you about the junk sack i'm sure that's coming oh yeah it'll be, be it,
0: it'll be brought up of course, of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys take care all
0: right see you dave that is dave tollison uh, Super Bowl champion New York Giants, two-time Super Bowl champion. I could listen to tell stories for an hour. Oh, he's great. And then when usually in the rare times that well, we used to get him in studio a lot. Uh, a day, even like a day like this, he'd show up in a, a basketball jersey. I get that. Yeah, he's got he's got I mean, he's, his guns are a little bit bigger than okay, you and I. So so when pull that off when we had the fifty below zero wind chills last week or whenever the hell yeah. it was, I did go back to thinking about that NFC Championship game. Yeah. And they would know how it's mind over matter. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you play. And Strahan always told a great story about some of the guys that, and, and maybe DT has told that story, too, that, you know, you guys wanting to be tough, so you're going to go without yeah. sleeves. And Strahan, being at the end of his career, said, you know what, I've already past that point yeah. in my career. I just want to be warm, yeah, so I'm going to wear whatever it takes, and I'm still going to play well. My reputation is what it is, and if it's going to help me play better, then so be it. <laughs> but uh, great stuff there. Uh, coming up, a uh, huge announcement yesterday, and we're really excited to talk to Marty this Cordero. very cool. The president of Union Omaha, a 7,000-seat stadium in 2026 with a entertainment district uh right around it at the old Gallup campus off Abbott Drive. We will talk to Marty next.